Hi, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, April 20th. Welcome to the show today. Um, some local things to hit on, and then uh, something that I'm not surprised we're going to spend some minutes talking about, because a couple of weeks ago, I ranted on it a little bit, as I almost severed this relationship. And after I saw something yesterday that is very near and dear to one of the few things I really have a passion for, uh, I may have to reconsider that relationship with this hobby because of uh, some of the news I came across yesterday. Again, it's Eric Solo today. I apologize for yesterday's podcast episode snafu. I accidentally um, uploaded the wrong episode, and then there were all kinds of other issues getting it to update on different podcast platforms. Please, if there is ever an issue that you come across, because something I didn't know, there's a program that I use. There's two different programs that I use when I record, and one does not have a nice relationship with MP3s. And there have been times, like the interview with um, Alana, uh, Toledo Helps Ukraine, it cut off the end because this program doesn't like MP3s and MP3s are smaller and easier to load into Podcastville than massive waves. So uh, any feedback is always helpful. I am thankful you are here. A couple of uh, local news things to hit first. Uh, Deshaun, Want, uh, Deshaun Watson um, arrived to the Browns for off-season activities for the first time. He did his press conference uh, to join the team several weeks ago, but this is him being a part of the team off-season programming, and it says Watson lands at Browns camp. It should have said um, Masseuse addict lands at Browns camp. It's still not resolved, and I'm fascinated to watch how Browns fans manage that relationship, knowing that the Watson stuff is still not cleared up criminally. Yes, civil liability, absolutely not. Um, there was an interesting story, and. So Bethany is the one that has opened my mind to this the most. Um, I think one of the reasons that keeps plenty of people away from the news, and I mean local news, um, is because they think everything is bad news, and that comes, I think, from a national level. But there are a lot of local things happening that I talked about yesterday that we, we really need to know about so that we can be better parts of our community or, like I said yesterday, um, and I think I put a number on it t- today, um, when I do this new uh, this new blog thing that I'm doing, ericchaseblog.wordpress.com, where for the longest time, I've collected all the local news headlines of any kind of reasonable content for the staff. I send out an email. Now I just copy it over to a blog. I would say at least 70% are good stories, um, good things happening here, or events that you might not know about because there's a million things going on. For instance, for instance, there's a plant exchange at the rec center coming up on the 7th. It's a lot of things like that. Some things you might find completely, utterly pointless, but in many ways, several of those things might be more interesting to you to at least get you to open up what else could possibly be out there rather than one really negative news story uh, about something awful that's happened. For instance, I don't think I included the Burn Airport Briar Cliffs fire from the weekend in those links or anything that I've discussed anywhere, not even on the podcast on Monday. I know you, you might not want to hear about it. And this corridor, like a block from where I'm sitting, is just, it is week after week bad news. Shootings, killings, crime, fires, it's 
almost like it's out of a Hollywood script of a crime show. Um, the trash story. Did you know that you can get um, your, your trash receptacles, and I guess recycling too, you can get them cleaned. And I can see why you might want to do that. Um, Heather Poloff, who is a reporter and meteorologist for 13 ABC, she did the story, and I was talking with her about it a little bit. Um, I can see why some people might want to have those things cleaned. She has a couple of little boys, so she's got a lot of diapers in those things. It would make sense to get them cleaned. And especially if you keep them in the house somewhere, I keep my receptacles in the garage. And to be quite honest, I don't, I don't have to take my trash out every week. When I first moved in, I called Republic... And I said, I need a bigger, I need a, bi- a bigger trash can. And they sent me one. They swapped it out. Turns out I didn't need it. It was just moving into the house and getting rid of a lot of things. Um, I needed the bigger can then. But there are times where I only really have to take my receptacle out because it's almost filled once a month. Um, but a stench can be in there. So you can have your trash receptacles cleaned if you'd like by a company. Go look up Heather's story or go to the link I just passed on with the blog. The Hensville uh, lineup has been announced and lots of familiar names. Uh, there were some people who saw the ProMedica concert series announcement and were wondering, what about Hensville? It's been very quiet there. And you're right, it has been. In fact, I went to the Hensville Instagram page and there has not been a post since September. So beginning June 10th, and I'm not going to give you the dates here, but you can just go check out the link also on that blog page. Familiar names. Skittlebots, Grape Smugglers, I don't know them, Noisy Neighbors, Distant Cousins, Dueling Pianos, Arctic the Clam, High Judge, Hard Day's Night, Beatles Tribute, 56 Days During Jeep Weekend, that's Friday, Jeremy Rowe, why do I know that name? Also during Jeep Fest Weekend, and the Bridges to wrap things up on Friday, August 26th. So familiar names in Hensville activity will be robust. Hopefully the walleye playoff season will be just that as well as it begins on Friday night. Um, I have a love, a mostly love, but some hate relationship with the Toledo Reddit page. In fact, I turned Heather onto that last night. Um, I need to do a better job with some of my media friends coming across stories and sending them their way so that we don't have to focus on all the bad stories. And look, the bad things are important because I think we'd like to see those problems go away. And even though they might not affect us, we might be able to offer some insight or some resources to amend some of these problems. Okay? Um, the hate part of my relationship with Toledo Reddit popped up yesterday um, it, it's uh, less frequent than the ones that really get under my skin where somebody hops on there and says, hey, moving to Toledo, what are some things to do? The other one is, hey, my girlfriend and I just moved, or my boyfriend and I just moved here. We're 26 years old and we're looking for friends. I read these posts and they sound very human trafficky. And if I read some of the comments, it reads like the, they often read like the first 15 minutes of a Law & Order SVU episode. Now, I'm sure they're not that, but I appreciate uh, that it, it people view it as a safe space, I think, and can freely exchange information of places to be social, places to meet up at, and I hope nothing ever awful happens. It doesn't seem to, um, but you check it out. Another one that I hate, and it doesn't come up often, um, but now that I am a Toledo OG in a lot of ways, uh, it was someone asking for a Trader Joe's, and they put the link on there to go to the Trader Joe's website so you can request a Trader Joe's here in Toledo. It's not happening. I would never say never or ever, but it's likely to never happen. 
when I set foot into Toledo downtown for my new home, for my forever home, um, most often I remember I message my neighbor, Brad Steingraber, uh, Kathy's grandson, like, hey, dude, where can I go food shopping? And he's like, go across the bridge, and there's a Kroger down Woodville. Found it over in Oregon. Now, um, that Kroger was closed partly because the bridge was closed, and then the Navarre Kroger sucked that Kroger up. So it is still as difficult as ever almost 10 years later, I moved here in January of 2013, almost 10 full years later, it is nearly as hard to do some kind of food shopping downtown as it was a decade ago. That's not good. But when I got here uh, in January of that year, I had kind of uh, gained an addiction for Trader Joe's. There were none where I came from, and there were some in the year that I lived back in Detroit. And I was like, I really, really like this place. Um, the name brands taste good. I remember the prices were okay. Uh, a lot of like no salt or no sodium options, and I like the selection. Uh, we didn't have that here, and I thought, like you now, still, uh, it would be a great setting here in Toledo to have a Trader Joe's, a what a, a mid-level priced place, uh, not fresh market, not Whole Foods, maybe on par, or a little above fresh time. Seemed like the perfect place downtown, especially as downtown I could see it then was growing. Well, unfortunately. Um, we still don't have that downtown or anywhere else, but to start downtown, the Pro Medica market on the green is there. But when I lived downtown, I couldn't walk it. I could probably now scooter it or ride a bike, um, but I, I prefer to walk. I have always thought Pro Medica's market on the green should copy and paste that in places all over, um, even as nearby as in downtown where I used to live, which again, not really walkable up to Uptown where TSA and Adam Street is. But copy and paste that thing all over if you could as it's supposed to be a bastion of fluid for food deserts. And by the way, the prices in there are kind of hot, are to me surprisingly high for what it's there for. Could also go over to the San Marcos market. Not the best selection, but if I needed a tomato or an avocado or grab some bananas, I could usually do that. There are still no places to effectively food shop downtown, even with more, even with at least hundreds, maybe several thousand more residents and more to come. It was always a question of what comes first, the the food and Retail or the people? Well, the people 10 years later are now there and there's very little more other than places to get drunk and eat really good food, which I have no problem with. But after talking to my friend Alicia at Fallon Fodder, um, I am tasking her with leading the charge of we need more retail to balance out downtown. We're not getting a Trader Joe's. As someone posted in that Toledo Reddit, um, this dude did um, did commercial real estate, and I guess he investigated Trader Joe's, and they have done the research to say that what their model is just doesn't fit here. They would like a larger population of affluent people, and this was probably before uh, Whole Foods stepped in, and we got the watered down kind, the 365 brand, not the full-on Whole Foods. Fresh Market is over there, and... It's not, and fresh time is a little bit of a traffic headache away, but not um, not an unfair journey to get from the Secor corridor to the Monroe corridor to finish up some shopping at fresh time, and maybe you hit the Kroger at Secor and Monroe on the way as well. 
That would have been the prime spot to fit the demographic that I guess Trader Joe's is looking for. But now knowing that corridor is all taken up, I cannot fathom another grocery market of any size being in that corridor. Um, Think about it. Would you want to put that type of place there, knowing that you're competing with Fresh Market, Whole Foods, you do have a Kroger right down the street, and of course, Fresh Time, not that far either. And there's a couple of niche grocers in that area as well. Um, not Claudia's isn't far away. Bassett's is there. I think there's an Asian market where the flower shop is on Central. Yeah, so plenty of places, and that would have been the ideal place for Trader Joe's. What, what about other affluent places like Sylvania or Perrysburg? Maybe mommy. Um, I don't know. I trust I trust Trader Joe's and their market research more than I do a loud clamoring of people on the internet. Remember, and I even came across something the other day as uh, something the other day as Elon Musk was on the board of Twitter, off, and then trying to buy it out completely. Somebody had pointed out things I've thought all along. Um, Twitter doesn't make money and has a fraction of the people that. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok have. I, I don't know how many like millions or billions of users, but it's probably somewhere in like the 10 to 20% range of those massive platforms. And again, Twitter is not making money. Um, Twitter is great for people who maybe already have an established voice, politicians, athletes, so on and so forth. Um, and it is a very loud, fringy minority, myself included, that have an overwhelming and unnecessary amount of clout and power for such a small, non-money-making group of people. Again, myself included. So I trust Trader, Trader Joe's market research. And again, Perrysburg, I don't know. You got a couple of Churchills there and one in Maumee. You've got, uh, is it Sauter's in, in Sylvania? as kind of that place. I just don't know where they're going. So we can stop having the Trader Joe's discussion, but I know that's not going to be the case. Also, from a couple of weeks ago, I think I was talking about Netflix, how I said, I think uh, for the first time I'm seriously considering, as my cost has gotten to like $16 a month, I'm seriously considering dropping it. And then, boom, Valhalla hits. Um, The sequel a century later to the Viking show that I loved on the History Channel, one of my five favorite shows of the last 10 years, and in many ways on par for me with Game of Thrones. It was that good. So Valhalla, eight episodes. Um, And now my filter or barometer threshold for keeping Netflix is... Um, can I get like one, some combination of like maybe one show and one movie, two great movies a month? And I mean like new and or original content, like new arrivals perhaps. Although I watched a movie last week called Margin Call about the beginning of the 20, 2008 um, depression and recession and financial crisis. And it was 12 years old. And I loved it. So I don't know if I necessarily, necessarily count that as as. Like, cause that was just a lucky find. Um, when I think about my Netflix subscription, it's people are excited for Stranger Things. Justin's excited for um, what is it, the the Russian doll? Like new and original content. The library stuff, in many cases, I never knew it existed. Or like like that movie, for instance. And more and more of the shows, more and more of my comfort shows, like yours, Friends to HBO, Friends to Peacock, and The Office have all left. Friends to HBO Max. The Office to Peacock. Your comfort shows are gone. My Star Trek, all of them were on Netflix. 
those Star Trek shows have slowly but surely gone over to Paramount Plus, who is the bane of my streaming existence going back four years when they maybe pay a full monthly price of like five bucks for a show. And now they've staggered their Star Trek shows, so their Star Trek around the calendar year, and I can never pull out of Paramount Plus. We have these love-hate relationships now that we have to be more discerning with as to what we pay for streaming. But back to Netflix. So my threshold is, can I get a show or two or a movie and a show per month to justify the $15? Because I look at it as, what's the last movie I watched that I really enjoyed? I can't remember it. Oh, uh, it was Prime. But these pop up every month or so. Like Power of the Dog is something that I likely would have seen in the theaters. And along with a library show or uh, another show that I watch, like to me, that's worth $15 a month of Netflix. I'm talking about Netflix again because they lost 200,000 subscribers. Many they cut off in Russia. They are going to in the U.S., and this is why we talked about this several weeks ago. They are going to start cracking down on password sharing and making it more official. Like now with my Blade subscription, I can put four other email addresses, uh, addresses on. Ask me about that. So you can read the blade as I do. Netflix will probably do something like that because when you share your password, um, it's not like you share a a book or something. Like you're paying for that and you don't own it. You're just kind of leasing it. It it is like Spotify. When you stop subscribing or whatever the old music program, music streamers were, uh, you leased it. When you stopped subscribing, it was gone. What was it? It was Rhapsody, right? Back in the uh, 2000s where you leased music. Um, so I can see Netflix wanted to make money from different people who are already, already using their product. Their CEO said, people already like it. Now we just want to get some money for it. They're considering adding ad tiers. Fine. Go for it. Uh, most of the other big tr- streamers do that. I think Paramount Plus does. Um, fine. Put an ad on for something that I'm going to look down on my phone on anyway for the 30 or 60 seconds. Um, when I stream my shows on uh on NBC's app the day after they air and just and I can't skip the commercials so I just go on my phone so put commercials on if it means I can save a couple of bucks and they can keep their subscribers but one big thing we didn't talk about and we did we did when we talked about this initially um Netflix has for every one for every one show or series that we want to talk about with our friends watch with our friends, excited to, to get on social about Bridgerton, Power of the Dog, whatever the heck else it's been, my Valhalla. There are like 10 duds. And I don't have any numbers to back that up other than going through the catalog of what I've tried to watch. And the Netflix save is pretty simple. Stop going quantity over quality. Instead of investing in quantity and making I'll just use one great one, 10 bad ones. Instead of, and I know we all have different tastes. Bridgerton is for you, but not for me. Some shows are for me, but not for you. Um, but good show, good, good shows are good shows. And if I can't get something because Netflix has to make a Bridgerton, which is not for me, fine. If that means I get my Valhalla. So instead of nine or 10 bad shows just to fill the the main screen, the home screen of Netflix to say it's new, it's original, or whatever, or top 10 shows in the U.S., which it may or may not be, just don't make all those. Put all the money towards making the best quality programming 
possible. Uh, Vinny said it last night, and I've said it in more words than needed. Just make good shows. Just make good movies. Stop making the bad ones. For instance, like, they've hit some home runs with Chris Pratt. The Tomorrow War? Really good. Um, and a hand, handful of other things that I, I can't name right now. But you know what I can name? Will Smith, Bright, which was like a modern, dark men in black where aliens had come to Earth and they worked on the police force with the police. It was, and it's years old now, but there's a reason why they, they didn't continue with that series. They've made some really awful pieces of programming. Stop doing that. Also, um... They hooked their their boat to Shonda Rhimes and Ryan Murphy. And if you and, and would you like to take a guess who has had more viewers and made more money for Netflix? It's by tens of millions. It's Shonda Rhimes. And they always say hindsight is 2020. In fact, this is before we had the mountains research. Hindsight now is like 2010 or 25. Your your eyes can be your hindsight can be practically a magnifying glass or a microscope. So let's see. Do we go with a woman who created Grey's Anatomy and all those shows that have lived for so long? Or the quirky guy that made some very esoteric and eccentric shows that, that had a lot of passionate viewers, but nothing like the millions of people who tuned in for Grey's Anatomy? I mean, maybe it's a little bit of hindsight, but it was a lot easier to predict success for Shonda Rhimes, Rhimes and the product she makes rather than Ryan Murphy because, like, uh, uh, did he do Glee? Uh, Nip Talk. It was, I love that show, but only for certain kinds of people. And American Horror Story was very hit or miss. And yes, it was... Oh my God, he got Lady Gaga to finally transition full-time into acting. But some of those seasons were not very good. And he, you know, I think he gets credit for turning Sarah Paulson into a star. But those shows are very fringe and out there, as opposed to doctors hooking up with one another. So Netflix really just has to stop acting like they have an unlimited bank account and can keep writing blank checks. It's time for them to be financially and financially responsible with programming decisions and the world is saved for them. Uh, what else did I want to get to? Mm-hmm. I'll save the retirement savings article for Alex because we have to talk about that with her. 988 is the suicide hotline number which they abused this summer. I don't even know. What is it? 1-800-273-TALK? I don't know what the suicide hotline is. I have people who are fortunately my hotline. My dad, Alex, others, who when I get into those throes of decimation, anguish, and utter hopelessness, I can call those people, thankfully. Not everybody can. Uh, There is a new number either replacing or adding to the suicide hotline. And this article was pointing out how we're three months out from the launch and not enough people know about it. So here we go. 988. 988 will be like 911 for what's in between your ears and your emotional well-being. I'm sure, and it sucks, um, it needs to be perfect when it launches because people will be calling with their lives on the line. We can't do like a restaurant where there's, sure, there's a soft opening and they invite me to come talk about it on social 
They st they're still working out the kinks. Even as they open up, not all the servers or chefs are going to stay. Like, they can't do that. Because the first call they get will be someone considering ending their life. No pressure. 988. There is another... Um, there's an article out today that I read about the increase in road rage. I think we had one here. And I remember it was happening as Bethany and I were podcasting. This is McCord and Central. And I think the guy who shot the other guy was actually not at fault, but obviously he fired the gun. I forget the exact details, but I read something profound and prescient when I was in my mid-20s. Uh, I think it was one of those Don't Sweat the Small Stuff books, and it immediately ended 96% of my, my rage behind the wheel. It was the beginning of me trying to reshape the spectrum at which I look at life because we look at everybody who cuts us off as they have it out for us. Like they sought us and look, there are people who tailgate and follow you and that's, those are real problems. Uh, and those are people who are, are very troubled. Um, and that's aggressive, confrontational and combative. I'm talking about the more common things. That person just cut me off. Uh, I was, um, Coming up to the light at Reynolds and Airport, like heading towards UTMC and Burn. And I was slowing down to get to the light and somebody pulled up. Somebody went in for a little Kia Soul, went in front of me to get to the light faster than me that I knew we were going to wait at. That's why I was slowing down. No light or anything like that. I, because so many people in the last couple of years are tighter and more, are tighter, ten, more tense and more stressed than ever. I, if I were somebody else, could have lost it a little bit. Just takes a middle finger, a nasty look, whatever else, yelling. And then before you know it, that person who is wound as equally as tight, we have a terrible incident. Again, it's terrible. We've lost now more than a million lives to COVID, but everyone else's life in this entire country and world has been equally and maybe even more so affected. Um, those people lost their lives. Their personal agony ended now not those not for not that of those who have lost them their loved ones but for them it's over but for that person who wanted to curse off that person who cut me who cut that person off um their pain still lingers because they're making less money they can barely afford gas um they hate their job because their boss is more tense than ever and they're taking it out on them the world is a it's a crucible. It's a powder keg and it's going off little by little. It's like a minefield instead of like a nuclear bomb. A mine here, a mine here, a mine here, a mine here. Hopefully the nuclear bomb of interpersonal society will never go off. What I learned was um, instead of thinking that, that motherfucker just cut me off. Like they they did that because they, they wanted to get me. Like they targeted me. No, they did. They likely did not do that. They were likely in their own head because, and this is not always the case, but this is a good lens in which to view this to keep yourself out of trouble. Maybe they have to pee. Maybe they have a health issue and they're racing to the hospital. Maybe their person is is pregnant at the hospital. Maybe that person who has that, maybe that person has that terrible, overbearing, unreasonable boss. And they said, if you are now not on time and you are, a minute early and not five minutes early, you're done. That person's a good employee, but they have an ass of a boss. So yeah, they they needed to cut me off to save their job because if they lose their job, 
How are they going to take care of all the things that we just talked about? So that's how I view things when someone wants to be a dick to me on the roads, and I hope you do as well. It should cut down on some of your road rage. It's simply just seeing things from someone else's perspective, literally instead of putting yourself in their shoes, putting yourself in their shoes behind the wheel. Okay, um, there's an oldest dog in the world. It's like a 20-year-old chihuahua. I kind of expected it to be way older than that because chihuahuas live, as the article was forthcoming about, kind of, they can live to be old anyway, like 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, I was expecting to read that this woman had fed this dog whiskey and it and let it smoke weed or got a, a what is it, the THC treats. Uh, no, no, no. The dog just eats chicken, rice, vegetables, gets a lot of exercise, and probably has really good genes. But all those stories of things that live a long time seemingly always include an alcohol, some terrible vice that none of us, n- none of us would ever be able to get through. It's always usually just good genes. And if you can do all the other healthy stuff aside that, you got a better chance, a better chance than the rest of us. Last up, um, super nerd stuff. So you know I collect all my action figures, right? Uh, the prices for the Transformers I buy are uh, erratic at this point, um, from stores to online shopping, and it confuses the hell out of me. The retailers are probably confused, but they have gone up at least 20%. Like what I used to buy for like 20 bucks are, are now like usual, are now like 23 or 25. Some people who take a very rosy perspective, like I do in many things, some other collectors will go, well, there's more accessories. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't matter much to me because, you know, I leave them in the boxes. Um, but yesterday, I uh, I came across something horrible for me. Um, price increases are another thing. An entire way, and I'm telling you this because it may very well be applicable to other things in our life. We talked about with movies. You want to see the Batman on opening night? 15 bucks. You want to see the Batman on Sunday at one? Nine dollars. You want to see some other movie that nobody else is watching on a Friday night? Eight dollars. You want to see that kids' movie on a Saturday afternoon? Fifteen dollars. Variable pricing or scaled pricing, whatever you want to call it. They've done that to the latest line of uh, Marvel Legends, which are collector action figures. They're toys, but they're made for collectors. That's why they can raise these prices. There's toys, action figures, collector items made and targeted for kids and for adults. And they want to get these kids to buy them, have their parents buy them then. So when they get older, they will buy the adult version like what I do now. But this whole Spider-Man lineup came out. Much sought after. And for the most part, they're, uh, they're, they're pretty standard with the exception of a couple of like two-figure packs, which are always more. You're getting two, so double the price. But there is variable pricing. In fact, like a singular action figure, which is along with the Transformers, has gone from 20 bucks to like 24 or 25 I looked in one of the Spider-Man figures, which is no different than many of the ones I have. $34. There are a couple of um, double packs. Some were 50 One was $78. Sure, some sought-after characters, but wow. So price increases and variable pricing. As some people have already pointed out, there was one release, and, and the guy said, a friend, he's like, this is what's going to be on clearance first. And that's the first thing I saw when I saw this. Ned from Spider-Man uh, and, and Peter. It's a, do, it's a double pack. It's like 40 bucks, 35 bucks. That thing will be at Ollie's for $15 before any of the other ones. So it has me leery. What else will become... 
a part of variable pricing. We already have that much of our life. You want to buy a better product? You want to buy a good product at Kroger? Fine. It's going to be more expensive than the store brand. So feel for the collector in me. And I also think that this is going to affect, um, this will have a great effect on secondary market prices and and, and like not scalping, but the secondary market is going to be absolutely uh, brutal, as brutal as it is when it comes to sports tickets, which I don't buy anymore because they are so, sorry, goddamn expensive. And you know what? If I can't get that Spider-Man, which it's 1222, I'm going to try to do some pre-orders at one o'clock on the Hasbro site. If I can't get that $34 one, which I have waited for for a long time on the pre-order, like I'll bite that bullet, but I will almost guarantee you if I'm going to get it in another place, like somebody on eBay bought a ton or whatever, and or they had they had backdoor access, that thing might be twice the price. Or when it's finally released, it could be three times the price. And I'm not doing that. I know you have a lot of pain for me trying to collect my toys. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Again, I apologize for an upload issue yesterday and any previous upload issues. Never hesitate to pass them along to me so I can fix the content for you. I spend the time doing it. I want you to have it.